0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to our most recent edition of Stick a Fork in It. Uh, We got our regular crew here today and another fantastic
1: guest. Welcome, Mike. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate you guys uh, inviting me in. Yeah.
2: And That would be Sutton. Mike Sutton.
1: Yeah. Correct. That's me. (laughs) Mike Sutton. Mike Sutton, they don't. Just Mike.
2: I know, but he's like, just Mike. You know, welcome, Mike. Everybody knows him. The only, one and only Mike. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's great to have you here. So, uh, why are you here? You know, I'm I'm just here to hang out and talk a little bit about Feeding Tampa Bay and Habitat for Humanity. Perfect. So what do you know
0: about Habitat? Well,
1: I I don't know a lot, but um, I've been there for about seven years, so (laughs) I'm still figuring things out as I go. Um, No, we, uh, you know, our organization, um, you know, builds affordable housing in the community. We partner with a lot of the same clients that you guys partner with here at Feeding Tampa Bay. So, um, you know, folks that are looking for the opportunity to own their, their, their own home.
0: Awesome. Very cool. How Very did cool. you end up at a uh, an awesome place like Habitat?
1: So I've only worked in the nonprofit sector. My entire career has been that way, um, and and it was kind of by mistake. I never never uh, had a, had a plan to go this route. Um, I actually was a criminology major at USF, um, just because it probably sounded like the easiest thing to get through school. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, you know I. Uh, kind of fell into the nonprofit sector, worked for the YMCA for a number of years in okay. Tampa, um, moved away to Texas for five or six years and worked for Habitat out there. So that was kind of my yeah. first exposure to Habitat. Um, fell in love with the mission and really kind of seeing people um, work so hard to become homeowners. Um, and I think that's what I really enjoy about the program is it's a hand up, it's not a handout. And. Uh, uh, you know, so when I moved, I went through, you know, personal situation, went through a divorce out in Texas and ended up moving back here in 2009, right in the middle of the pan or right. Well, that was a pandemic as well. <laughs> um, financial so pandemic. Fi- yeah. Financial pandemic. So uh, I moved back in 2000, late 2008, early 2009 and uh, landed with Big Brothers Big Sisters, where I spent about five years before taking this role about seven years ago now. So. It's been, it's been fabulous, amazing team to work with. Um, and, and the community in which we, we do work in is, is just uh, dynamite. So it's been, been a lot of fun.
0: So uh, tell us a little bit about kind of what it's like to be a client at Habitat.
1: Yeah. So the, the, the families we partner with um, typically make too much money to qualify for any government assistance, but they don't make enough to qualify for a traditional home loan. And so they're kind of stuck in the middle. So they're paying 50, 60% of their monthly income towards rent, never getting ahead, uh, probably have an unresponsive landlord, uh, you know, and, um, and so through Habitat, they have this opportunity to build generational wealth, uh, build equity um, in their family for the very first time. Um, and really uh, find a uh, they they have the opportunity to have a place their family can call their own. Uh, they can establish roots, and, and I think that that's the most important piece of it. Um, we, we just dedicated a home a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking to a single mom. Of three kids, and she said, "You know, her kids have been to probably ten different schools over the wow. course of you know ten years, yeah. and so there. You know, you, you guys see it in the work that you yeah. do, the lack of stability, um, and and that impacts everything. It impacts the health of the kids, it impacts grades, impacts uh, you know their their ability to have right. a stable life moving forward as well. Um, it affects relationships, um, and so I think you know habitat, you know, being able to provide a, a, a a, whole, a, a roof over someone's head uh, really provides them the opportunity to estal- establish roots and establish some consistency in their life for the first time.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really interesting that you talk about kind of that hole in the middle where your clients fit, because yeah. a lot of people don't realize Feeding Tampa Bay serves very same, you know, group of people where... Uh, there are lots of supports available for folks with nothing. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Um, but folks who are working really hard and, and just barely making it, which there are plenty of them in our community. Yeah. Uh, um, more
2: than ever. You know, there yeah. there's
0: actually a lot of research around benefits cliffs and, and how hard it is to get from the point where you lose government assistance to where you're back on a yeah. level footing. And so it's great to know that you're out there you know helping people through that phase and and we see it all the time in our uh organization in our lines at, at different distributions we see it at yeah. trinity cafe you know a lot of people don't realize that many of the folks we serve more than half of the folks we serve mm-hmm. at trinity cafe have jobs and, yeah. and a roof over their head but they're trying to stretch a dollar
1: well and unfortunately i think you get to a place when you're living in poverty where you know what that cutoff is and so in, in some strange way, you have to kind of stay below that. Uh, you, know, you know that if you take that 50 cent raise um, at work, that it puts you outside of, of um, an opportunity to, to mm-hmm. be able to, to get some assistance. So it's, it's a tough way to live. And, and unfortunately, it's getting harder and harder. You know, we see everything's in, 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 you know, increasing in price, but wages are not. So. Right. Um, right, And food, I mean, the, right. the, the work that you guys do, Um, you know, just walking through the grocery store and seeing how much more expensive things are right Mm -hmm. now, it's, it's getting out of, out of control. I remember coming out of college, you know, the very first couple of times I went grocery shopping on my own, you know, and I would get what I needed for 25 bucks for the week. And and now, you know, it's like, you know, I'll go shopping for myself and spend $125. You know, right, so, absolutely. Uh, so it's, it, it's getting crazy. I have three boys. You don't have to tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yours are little. Yeah. Well, Let, my 14-year-old is not little. <laughs> Probably eats for like three, right? Yes. Yeah. for yeah. sure. Spend a lot sure. on Hot Pockets.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so right now, you guys, um, I noticed through social media that you guys are accepting applications. Tell us what that application process is for families.
1: Yeah, so the, we know that in in the geographic area that we serve, there's um, a huge need for affordable housing. Um, Finding qualified applicants for our program has become tough, Um, and so, uh, the application process, uh, what, what's, really, uh, what's really neat is on our website, there's a quiz that you take. It's very quick. Um, it's actually fairly new. We just rolled it out. Um, you answer a handful of questions about your income, um, you know, uh, working, uh, whether you're working or not, where you live. Um, and, and that quiz will tell you whether um, you qualify for the program based on some, some you know, just quick answers. And then you would be invited to apply to the program if you do meet those criteria. So the application process is a little bit lengthy in terms of all the information and data you have to pull together. But if you fall in the income levels and you're willing to partner with Habitat, um, and what I mean by willing to partner is you're willing to do the sweat equity hours. So all of our homeowners go out and help build their own home. They put wow. in hundreds of sweat equity hours. And then they also go through a series of 20 home buyer education classes. So if you're willing to do that, you fall in the income levels, you have steady employment, and you can show that you can afford a zero interest mortgage, we can get you into the program and get you into a home probably within a 12 to 18 month period.
2: Wow. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. It really is it's a commitment i mean it really is but that commitment and and the time that you're going to spend over that course of that year really putting in those hours and those classes i mean the payoff is is tenfold right i mean absolutely oh Oh, yeah 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 i mean i always like to say that um, when we hand over the keys at a home dedication uh it's like breaking the cycle of poverty it's symbolic of that because now all of a sudden they have an asset and because it's a zero interest mortgage every single payment that they're putting towards that house is building equity right, right. so right. it's 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 a it's a and it's a win win for the community because we're improving property values yeah. um, we're our homeowners are tax paying citizens so i mean the 650 habitat homeowners homeowners we have across our our service area paid almost a million dollars in property taxes last year so oh, that's, that's nothing incredible. to sneeze at yeah. No, right. for sure right. yeah. well, and you know, you hit on a, a point that I really
0: admire about your work, and in some ways, it's what we seek to eventually be at Feeding Tampa Bay: is that you go really deep with the folks that you serve, mm-hmm. and it's not kind of a, a temporary or one-off interaction. It is truly life-changing work. Yeah, and um, you know, as as we've built. Out our services over the last several years. That's what we're
1: striving for. Yeah, you know, and so it it just makes sense that this is the time for us to partner. Well, you know, there's nothing better than um, you know someone who goes through your program as a client. I'm sure you guys experience this. They um, they benefit from the program, and then a few years down the road they're back in a volunteer or donor capacity. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, we, have a, we have quite a few homeowners who, you know, they've been in their home now for five, 10 years, and they're a donor to us, you know? Yeah. So, you know, they, the, the savings that they've been able to accumulate over the years, because now they're not just throwing money at rent, um, usually twice what they would be paying for a, a mortgage. Um, you know, now they're able to do things like that. And right. so it's, it, it's, it's pretty amazing to see it come full circle. Yeah, it really is incredible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
3: This podcast was made possible by the innovative thinking and the funding of Feeding America, a nationwide network of more than 200 food banks that feed more than 46 million people through food pantries, soup kitchens, shelters, and other community-based agencies.
0: So, so I I know I skipped around and Wait, and I was going to say your, so i super
2: so, excited <laughs> about what you do in the community. He really forgot that here at Stick a Fork in It, we like to learn a little bit about our guest. You know, and Matt just jumped in because he loves what you do. (laughs) So tell us really, yeah. we, we do want to know about you because mm-hmm. um, you are a wonderful leader in the community and you have been with several organizations in Tampa Bay, which um, is a testament to that. So tell us a little bit about you. Are we, where are you from originally?
1: Yeah, I, I was born in New Jersey, but we moved here when I was a little kid. So I consider myself from Tampa, you know, um, yeah. or the Tampa Bay area. Uh, I grew up on the Hillsborough side, uh, okay. went to Gaither High School and um, went, went off to USF. What's that? The cowboys. cowboys. That's right. That's right. Uh, good old Gaither. Um, so, uh, you know, my immediate family, you know, my mom and my sister both still live here. And uh, my dad passed away a couple years ago, but had lived here as well. Um, uh, grew up here, stayed at home and went to USF um, and did that whole thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, really proud of the fact that I, I was a first generation college grad. So, So for me, that's probably my most Proud accomplishment in life was getting through college, and sometimes, yeah. I mean, we were joking before we did this that you know, I think took Matt, a little while. I, yeah, I mean, it took yeah. You know, I I did I did the five and a half year plan. The um, scenic route. Yeah, yeah. I've never been asked for you know in a job interview about my GPA, you know, two point six. But um, you know, the, the fact that you know that degree for it was me the was a rich experience. It, yeah, it, it, you know, I I learned so much during those five and a half of years uh, you know, I, I helped to start a college fraternity at USF and, and that was like establishing a business. Right. And so the, the leadership that goes into that was, was, and, and, you know, leadership and the fun was, was, was you know, really what made my experience so amazing at USF. And so, um, again, I, you know, part of my scholarship, I I had a, a small scholarship that required me to work part time. Um, and, uh, uh, so I got plugged in with the YMCA and uh, worked for the Greater Metro YMCA in Tampa and did that for a number of years. And it was my first exposure um, to, to poverty. Um, uh, you know, Thank I mean, you. you see things on TV, you watch the news, you know, you see that kind of stuff. But this was the first time I was interacting really with kids who had no father figure. Um, and there was something about the fatherless that really kind of pulled at my heartstrings. Um, seeing these kids just gravitate towards you because you're the only male in their life that really cares, you know? I mean, that was what really kind of impacted me. And I was like, man, I need to figure out how to do this, you know? And, um, you know, and then the more I researched, the more I realized that, okay, so, you know, the stigma of working in the nonprofit sector and being dirt, poor is not necessarily the case. You can make a good living. You can do really good work and, and be successful and, and make an impact. And so right. I, I, there was something, you know, um, uh, you know, probably in my early 20s where I just said, this is w- the kind of work I want to do. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's kind of how I set on this, uh, uh, I guess, this journey to nonprofit sector.
0: You know, it's a really interesting point you make, and I think this is probably taking us off track again, sorry, <laughs> But But um, I'd, I'd love to just talk about it for a second yeah. because that was my impression too of the nonprofit mm-hmm. world was that it was a place that you you know did out of love yeah. and could not build a family from and could not have a, a stable and, and prosperous life because yeah. you wouldn't make any money ever. Yeah. Um, but we've worked really hard here over the past year to um, build in equitable wages and mm-hmm. to treat our people well. And I know you have the same reputation at Habitat. I would love to hear from a leadership perspective just how you approach that with your team.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and it's funny because Thomas and I have had this conversation over the years um, uh, about, you know, equity in the workplace. And, you know, how do you... Um, How do you ensure that your employees are making a livable wage and and that kind of thing? And and that's also a challenge because you also have the expectations of donors, right? And so that every dollar you possibly can goes into the program of the organization. I I take the approach of um, you have to pay your people and you have to pay for talent. And um, there's such a a pressure on the nonprofit sector to go out and perform and get things done um, and to do life-changing work Yet we want to pay our people pennies on the dollar, and right. and I I I don't I don't think that that's fair, and I don't think that that expectation is fair. And I've had this conversation with many donors, and 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 in in some ways it's it's uh, rewarding to kind of see them um, understand better the importance of paying people. Yeah. There's a gentleman by the name of Dan Pilata who wrote a book and um, yes. Matt. I know you're familiar with it. Oh yes. Um, he he wrote a book about equity in the workplace, and and really talks about um, you know. Uh, it, it's perfectly fine for, for college students to come out of school and go work at a Raymond James or something and make a couple hundred grand a year right out of school but we would frown upon someone coming out of a, a you know very successful school with a high GPA and hiring them in the nonprofit sector for more than 30 grand a year. And so um, he, he talks about how to, how to break that down and, and really how to how to explain to donors and funders the overhead. Um, uh, myth, myth. Yeah. And, and how important it is that, um, you know, we stop thinking about, you know, the way that, and, and this isn't a knock against GuideStar or Charity Navigator, but, you know, we ding nonprofits for spending money on staff. And so I'm, I'm fortunate. I have an amazing board who's very supportive of the fact that, you know, we pay um, uh, what we feel is competitive in the workplace um and we reward our team we reward our staff Um, and that wasn't the case when i came to habitat i mean we we spent a great amount of time kind of right sizing positions and getting people um, paid fairly for the work that they do. Um, and I like to think that now, you know, especially over the last two years, the fact that we've been able to keep our entire leadership team in place and, um, and really make some advancements um, is, is really a testament to the fact that we have become competitive in that way. We, we've come, you know, a long way with our benefits as well as with just our salaries. So... Nothing wrong with paying your people if they're they're doing good work and you're making, uh, you're, you know, you're continuing to make a, a huge difference and the mission um, is impactful. And so, you know, I look at an organization like Feeding Tampa Bay, I right? I would never think twice about, you know, if I was making a donation to you guys, I would never think twice about where that those dollars were going because you guys have such a deep impact and you can see it, you know, it's tangible. Um, and I like to think the same thing at Habitat, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well-run organizations, you, you know, it, you kind of trust that they're going to do something really good with that money. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's interesting that you talk about donor education,
0: because that's one thing I know our team here does a fantastic job of. I think you and I met kind of in that world when I was at the Community Foundation. And and that's what I spent a lot of time doing, just Mm -hmm. explaining to people um, and working with donors about broadening their perspective on what good use of resources looks like. Yeah. And it's actually really easy when you turn it around to someone who has been successful in their career mm-hmm. and say, would, where would you skimp? Mm-hmm. You know, did you go, uh, did you underpay your talent? No, of course not. Yeah. You know, that's not how you became sure. successful. Yeah. And why would you expect anything different in the social sector? Yeah. You shouldn't. Yeah. And, you know, the, the last three episodes of our podcast are actually a focus on our coworkers here. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. You yeah. can tell. From the quality of people that we have, that you know, people feel like they belong here, yeah. and the last thing we would want to do is make people who are passionate about their mm-hmm. work, who are making a difference in the community, uh, feel like they have to leave.
1: Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And- I, I read a quote the other day. It was it was two people talking, and the CFO asked, um, "What if we invest in that staff member and they leave?" And then the CEO's response was well, what if we don't and they stay? Exactly. And you know, I think that that also is kind of a testament to what we try to do with education with our staff. Um, I know you guys do a lot of work with Living ta- uh, Living HR. Yes. yes, and we do too, right? And so, and I know a couple other organizations: United Way, uh, Suncoast uses them. Um, and and I, again, I think when you start looking around the, the community and see organizations that are investing in that way, mm-hmm. there's something in common that they all have, and it's success and it's impact. Mm-hmm. And and to me, it's it's a clear reflection on the talent. If you're in, if you're uh, investing in your talent. If you're investing in staff development and training, then your organization's gonna continue to do great work and make a deeper impact year after year. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree
0: more. And it's, um, again, another thing that makes our organizations just such great partners. So yeah. um, I would love for you to share with our listeners what our new partnership looks like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, the, it might be funny to talk a little bit about how it came <laughs> to be. <'cause laughs>
1: yes, that's that's a, the, yeah, that's the That's the, a the unique best part. part of the story. That's the best So, part. you know, years ago, um, uh, you know, Thomas had made a comment to me. Uh, I think you guys were starting to do much more work over in Pinellas County. And he'd said, yeah, we'd love to figure out a way to do something in, in the houses and stuff. You know, it was just kind of in, in passing. Nothing nothing really um, ever came of it. I think, you know, we just kind of went our own ways and got back to our organizations. But um, this, this past year um, on Thanksgiving Eve, our organization always selects a charity to work with. Um, you know, I think it's also important that although we're doing amazing work day in and day out, I think there's also something to be said when our staff has the opportunity to also help another organization. And so we've been doing a lot of work in the Ridgecrest community of, of, uh, Pinellas County. Um, and we wanted to do something to really help out the residents there. So we had this idea to call up Feeding Tampa Bay and say, Hey, why don't we partner up and and provide some Thanksgiving meals to the, to the residents here. Um, and, uh, Habitat just acquired about forty lots in this community, so it was going to be kind of a big next jump for us in 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 Ridgecrest. And so, you guys were amazing. You you were able to pull some partners together, got you know tons of turkeys and meals and all kinds of stuff. And uh, um, that morning. Um, you know, Thomas and I are chatting and he's like, we're going to announce a partnership this morning. Remember we were talking and, you know, again, it's like one of those things, you know, two years ago, you, you don't even remember you were having this conversation, but, um, you know, he oh, but
2: he does. Oh, but
1: he did. <laughs> so, um, so right before we started, he, you know, we were both addressing my team um, that was there. And I think a couple folks from Feeding Tampa Bay was there, but um, we were just talking about how, you know, this was great to bring everyone together and work together. And, and, you know, we just went forward with, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do something special. Every time there's a habitat home, uh, celebration feeding Tampa Bay is going to come in and stock the pantry and the fridge for the family. Um, and, you know, I think there's a synergy between our organizations. Um, you know, the stability that home offers is, is something that, um, you know, we probably all take for granted. Um, but then the expense that goes, um, along mm-hmm. the lines of, of stocking that pantry and, and getting food for the family um, in, in that brand new home can sometimes be a pretty large expense, um, and so um, it, it it was it was neat because you know I I, I remember Thomas that morning saying you know we're going to roll out this new program and we're going to put food in all the houses and and all of you and he points to all my staff all of you are going to figure out how we're going to do that <laughs> and then he was like Mike and I will be over here and we just kind of <laughs> like you know that was kind of that was that right. Welcome um, to
2: our world. Well, yeah, exactly. So
1: um, it's funny because I think my staff and Morgan would probably agree with this. I think my staff was like, wow, that's exactly how Mike operates. Right? It's there like, you go. It's like, hey, we're going to do this. And by the way, everybody figure it out. Um, but, um, it, you know, it, it, it's been, it's just been such a pleasure to, to work with you guys over the last few months to make all this happen and to see the joy on the, on the family's face. There's something about when... You know, they get their keys, they're overwhelmed with that, and but they know that's coming. They're they're they worked so hard to get to that that place. And you see that um that pressure almost relieved off their shoulders when they receive those keys. Then they walk through the door and the emotions start circling uh you know around, and you know, this is my new home, this is where I'm moving. Oh, and then all of a sudden. They open up the pantry and the pantry's full of food and yeah. they open up the fridge and the fridge has a bunch of food in there. Um, and during Christmas, you guys put some some neat little uh, treats on the yeah. on the counter. And, and those gingerbread houses were good. Um, oh, no, I didn't. I never touched this. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but it was so it, it's just it, it's that welcome home the feel. Extra, right. Yeah. And, and a little yeah. bit extra. And and it helps our families. Kind of, um, just kind of get to that next point. So, um, so the partnership's been great. We're 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 so blessed to be able to work with you guys, and um, and just you know those smiles make it all worth it. Yeah, day. And it's funny I can I can tell you the other side of that story is that <laughs> yeah.
0: um, you know my my title is chief programs officer. So usually yeah. when there's a p- new program, I yeah. tend to have some sort and of you know about it.
1: It's coming. <laughs>
0: it's I was learned about it on air, yeah. live with all of Tampa Bay. <laughs> hey, there you go. Um, there you but go. it really speaks to how uh, to the reputation of your organization, to our desire to work with you, yeah. to our team here at Feeding Tampa Bay. That uh, you know, on Monday when I came in and I said, "Okay, yeah. we're apparently we're doing this," yeah. um, my team got really, really excited and they started, you know popping up all these different ideas. Oh, we can do this. And here's where I can get food. And yeah. I want to, can I be the one to deliver it? I want to set it up. There was yeah, a line, yeah. you know, and yeah. literally be involved. They're, really. Yeah. And, and I actually had uh, people on my team be a little unhappy with me that I gave it to
1: other people on my team. Well, I think better. you yeah. and I, the, that very next week we spoke on the phone and yeah. I said, Matt, we'll come over and pick the food up. Like, don't even worry. You know, I don't want this to be a distraction for your team. You guys are busy. And, and I remember you saying, don't worry about it because I'm going to have to fight my team off with a stick because they're going to all want to do it. Yep. And so, and and, I mean, it's, it's cool. And I know, um, a number of your, your staff have been to a couple of our dedications to Mm -hmm. see the families. And again, it's, it, it, there's nothing more rewarding. It's, you know, whether it's, um, what feeding Tampa Bay's doing to put some food in someone's trunk as they're, they're pulling off or whether it's a, a, a brand new habitat homeowner opening the door and, and seeing the food in their pantry. Um, you know, it's, it's life-changing work and, and that, that meal that they may not have, um, uh, that they now do, is is something that's going to help them get to that next day. So it's it's uh, it's important work that you guys are doing, and and I I love the fact that we're able to work together on on some stuff now. Yeah, it's and fun. I I love that you highlighted the gingerbread house because. You know, feeding Tampa Bay took me everything I had to not break into one of those. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I love gingerbread cookies, and I was like, and then I saw the icing, and then yeah. I'm like, um, you know, it's Christmas, I'm allowed to eat extra, <laughs> right? So,
0: well, and and Morgan feeding Tampa's Tampa Bay is is providing okay. <laughs> feeding Tampa Bay is providing the food in the pantry and yeah. in the refrigerator, yeah. But my team's going out of pocket for those extras. Really? They did that on their yeah. own.
1: Oh, well, now I and feel horrible. Why? <laughs> well, you Because my staff's going to expect me to do
3: things out of my pocket. I'm just <laughs> kidding.
1: I'm kidding. No, it was, it, but it was one of Step those
3: up, things friend. where
0: yeah. you can't help but want to be part of sure, it. Sure, sure. Yeah. Right? And it's right. not just professionally be part of it, yeah. but personally you're so invested in yeah. it. And so our team has made a commitment that whatever time of year, you yeah. know, every time there's a new home dedication, we're
1: going to figure out how to do something That's so cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah, what a great team too. Yeah, I mean oh. that says that says a lot about you guys. I, and I'm sure you guys deal with it too. I mean, when when I look at. Um, you know, our board members, right? There's an expectation that they're, there's a give and, give and get, right? So they're they're raising money from their friends, but they're also making a personal contribution. We're almost at 100% of our staff that, that donate to the organization. And I think that that's a testament to the fact that it's not just a paycheck, right. that these folks are, are personally invested in the organization and and they find a way to give back to the organization that that means so much to them. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure between both of our staff, you know, we, we you know, 120, 140 rock stars in our community. No doubt. No doubt.
3: Florida Blue's mission is to help people and communities achieve better health. In partnership with Feeding Tampa Bay, their collective goal is a hunger-free Tampa Bay by 2025. How will we do that? By ensuring that all our neighbors have access to fresh, nutritious food that is essential to a healthy and capable lifestyle. We invite you to join the movement. Visit hungerfree2025.com.
0: So, we have a, a tradition here where we like to talk about food. I know that's shocking. Oh, are we to bringing you bringing some in? So, we already got a little hint of gingerbread it. Gingerbread on the with menu. gingerbread cookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Shannon always asks the question about favorite meal. I'm going to steal her question just because.
2: I'm following his lead today. Clearly, he has <laughs> his own agenda, way off track. and I'm just um, hanging out yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. Just,
0: it felt like the right moment to talk uh, about special food, right?
1: It evokes emotion, and we've been know, talking I mean, about yeah. it, so we're Shannon, here. go ahead. Ask me the question. <laughs> no, okay. I'm gonna pretend you didn't hear it. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so we mostly talk about how emotional food makes us, yeah, and sure. uh, it's meaningful for your families, for those that we serve as well. So first of all, what is your favorite food? What pops in your head? Mm-hmm. Not seasonal.
1: No. So you know what's funny is um, when Thomas— Not chicken wings. Oh well, chicken wings are pretty important. <laughs> yeah. That's... So, so when um, when Thomas asked me this a number of months ago, um, I I kind of felt the need to go down like a oh steak dinner, you know that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But then when I heard him explain his, it, it, it was like right along the lines of what I really wanted to say. Right. So, um, to me, um, growing up, um, my dad worked a lot, wasn't wasn't around a lot, and. Um, uh, my mom was balancing, you know, raising my sister and I, and that kind of thing. There was nothing better than on Sundays when my dad would throw hamburgers on the grill. Mm -hmm. And there was just something about just a a good old hamburger, you know, Mm -hmm. nothing fancy about it, Um, uh, you know, Sometimes I, I don't like going to these fancy hamburger places because I feel like they ruin it. They put too much on it. Yeah, there's all, Yeah, it's like I just want, you know, El Cap in St. Pete is one of my yes. favorite places because you just go, you order a hamburger with cheese, and that's what you get, yes. right? Yep. And it's yep. it doesn't have 47 different things piled high, and you got to nope. eat it with a fork and knife. <laughs> and so there's something about the hamburger to me that kind of brings me back to my childhood, sitting around the table or sitting around the pool with my family, having a hamburger, um, and, and just – how it, how it just kind of brought us together. There was nothing yeah. better than I could be playing football on the side of the, the house with some friends and I could smell the charcoal yes. and smell that burger. Yeah. And I knew, Hey, it was, you know, most important thing in the next 30 minutes is going to sit down with my family and eat. And right. so, yeah.
2: Right. So that leads me to another, which might be a separate occasion. Yeah. Memory around a table, like yeah. the mem, the meal that pops into mind that your favorite memory around a table.
1: Favorite memory around the table would probably be, um, I, and I don't know why, why this is, one Christmas we were up um, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So my family, um, my mom's and dad's side, um, are all from North, North Jersey. And so we were in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania for Christmas, and we ate at the old Bethlehem motel or hotel, whatever it was called. They had big Christmas dinner. And there was just something about, I think that was probably the only time my entire family was together, um, Mm -hmm. in my entire life, you know, both Mm -hmm. sides and that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, we had very split. We, we just, we were not one of those families that had the family, you know, gatherings and get togethers and reunions and that kind of thing. So that was probably, you know, thinking back on it, I was probably seven or eight, but That was something that's always been memorable to me because, you know, it was probably the only time I I remember my grandparents and my mom, my dad, my sister, aunts and uncles and cousins all being in the same room together. So, yeah. 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 And I think, you know, when I think of the work that you guys do and I think about being, you know, uh, know, food is something that brings us together, right? Yes. Most of my most amazing childhood memories involve sitting around a table eating, you know? I mean... Absolutely. It
2: um, brings us together. It
1: brings us together. It yeah. really does. Well, and so many of them are in your own home, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, around your table. Yeah, around probably not around your my home. table. Nobody wants to eat my food. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, order in. If you saw okay. how I
1: ate, Matt, or, or if you saw how I cooked, you probably wouldn't want to eat my food either.
2: Takeout is okay, too. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So I'm interested because of what you do, too. And right. I have been to, it was years ago, 20 or you invited me out to a home yeah. vacation.
1: So... Crown Automotive sponsored it. Yes. I remember that. Yes. It was in Pinellas Park.
2: Yes. So you've had many, 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 and great memory, by the way. So you've had so many in your seven
1: years, right? Seven years, yeah. So
2: is there one that sticks out in your mind that you can help share with the listeners to help them understand the emotions behind a dedication?
1: Yeah. So um, every home dedication is special in its own way. Um, and there's always a unique bond with each family. Sure. Um, so um, it, it's, it's hard to say there's one specific dedication that sticks out. We had one this morning and it was, right. you I know, it was, it was great. Um, the family came straight out of public housing where they've been for the last seven or eight years. Wow. And, you know, to me, the first thing I thought of, I kind of went political in my mind because too often our, our politicians tend to think things are partisan um when they're not and affordable housing is nonpartisan just like food insecurity is nonpartisan exactly. um, and and unfortunately because of um, our tie to Jimmy Carter or, or affordable housing and you know low income folks there tends to right. there tends to be a stigma there and my first thought was no one can argue with the fact that this woman stood there and said i'm no longer in public housing and that they're no longer Pulling off of the economy, right? They're not. Right. They're no longer pulling off of you as a taxpayer, as some people would would look at it, right? So, Habitat kind of helped springboard their their future, right? And right. and got them to a place where now they are, you know, contributing to their their the future of their life. I will say probably the most impactful dedication I ever had was um, in Texas when I worked for Habitat, um, and it was mainly because um, it was before a lot of the racial. Um, uh, issues that we're having right now in society. And, and we had this gentleman, John, who was a pastor and he had a pretty large family. I think he had four or five kids. It was him and his wife. We built them a home. Uh, the Home Builders Association in, in Texas uh, came together to build the house. And that the dedication he pulled me aside and i think you've probably heard me talk about this morgan he pulled me aside and he was like i just want you to know you're the very first white person in my life i've ever trusted and wow. i just thought to myself that's probably one of the most impactful things anyone's yeah. at the time i was just kind of like well that was kind of weird you know like, <laughs> right um and 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 then you know over time especially yeah, now yeah. with with how divided we are as a country it really made me think that gosh you know if if the work that we're doing is so life-changing in so many ways. And if we're able to, to to not only put someone in a home or give someone a meal, we're able to break down barriers like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that really puts, uh, I, th- I think, you know, just really brings it all full circle for the work that we do. We are, we're breaking down barriers. And yeah. so that that to me is probably the most impactful thing I've ever experienced at a home dedication. So.
0: you know, It's so interesting you say that. I wanna circle back a little bit To your comment about Ridgecrest, yeah, because that's uh, it's a community that's kind of special to me because uh, I grew up right near there in Seminole, and um, I had a lot of friends that lived in Ridgecrest and got busted into two of the Seminole schools mm-hmm. and in fact i used to get a ride to baseball practice from a friend that lived over at ridgecrest okay. and then i would go when i was younger i'd go to birthday parties in ridgecrest and i would be the only white face in the whole neighborhood yeah
1: yeah you know
0: and uh, it never even occurred to me that that was a strange thing until much later in life Yeah, yeah. Um, but to be able to come in and, and work with you in that community is just it's a cool kind of full circle thing.
1: Well, I'll tell you Ridgecrest um, has been, has welcomed us with open arms. I mean, it's a community in which is rich in history. Um, I think, you know, if you look back to the Jim Crow days, it was an area that um, the black community lived in, but couldn't leave, you know, they had to do everything there. And so um, some of the property in which we've built on has been, um, uh, you know, pretty historic. We just acquired a piece of property that was a corner store for many years, and it was the place. Um, uh, that um, the Gooden family um, lived mm-hmm. for generations. Um, and and so there's Gooden Crossing, which used to be Baskin's Crossing, that was renamed in 2003 um, in honor of the Gooden family. Um, and there was an emotional attachment there for a number of their family members when they sold that property to us. Um, and so we've worked with them to figure out a way to really kind of um, memorialize the property um, so um, we're gonna do a couple things uh, when we build the, the three homes on their property but one of the things we're gonna do is they're providing us one of their Bibles from their family that's been passed down generation to generation we're gonna actually lay it in the slab and, oh, that's um, awesome. and so um, you know we hope that um, you know that that brings a little bit of um, you know kind of history back to that, that yes. community um, so, you know, there's little things that we can do to, to yeah. make sure that yeah. um, we educate the families in which are, are moving into Ridgecrest. But the other thing that's been really neat is 50% of the homes we've built in the Ridgecrest community have been for people who live in Ridgecrest. So we're also helping to ensure that people are staying in their community yeah. um, and it's not just getting gentrified. So, yes. yeah, it's a really proud community that's yeah. cool to hear. Yeah.
0: So you know the number 40 sounds really big to me that sounds like a lot of work to build 40 homes over the course of your your time at habitat how many homes have you guys
1: put yeah, up yeah so i start my very first day we dedicated house number 280 so mm-hmm. it was my very first day it was pouring down rain and i remember thinking um, i was wearing a full suit and i remember thinking gosh it's hot in here
3: <laughs> we were inside a house in the, in
1: in the middle of uh, in the middle of march it was really really hot um, very muggy um, so house two hundred and eighty. So we celebrated today, Morgan. What six six hundred and sixty? Wow, six hundred and sixty. So seven years. Um, you know, almost four hundred homes. Almost four hundred homes. Incredible. Um, but I, I got to say that it, I mean it's a testament to the board in in terms of the um, autonomy they've given Um, they gave me two directives when i started they said we want to serve more families and we need to build sustainability for the long term and we've been able to accomplish both of those Mm -hmm. Um, but it's really a reflection on people like morgan and our entire staff i mean our we have we have a team of 65 at habitat that um that do the hustle and bustle every day to make the make the the wheel keep turning Um, and so um i just have the fun job of being able to do stuff like this, where I get to talk to you guys and, yeah. and sign checks and you know do that kind of stuff. But, but our team is amazing. And, um, and, and I think our team has also realized that sky's the limit. There's such a deep need. And as long as we keep every decision we make, um, uh, as long as we're always thinking, how do we serve more families at the top of every decision we make, then, then I think we're gonna continue to make a deeper impact and keep moving the mission forward. That's awesome.
2: So, you know, many of our listeners um, have an experience that they can uh, find you on social yeah. and your website as well. And we encourage them to go, please take a look. Yeah. Um, we're really thrilled to partner with you, but can you sign us out by yeah. explaining what it's like for a family at that dedication, what they see when they walk through the door, what those partners do for you, besides, yeah. of course, what's in the kitchen. Yeah. What is it like for a family on that very first day?
1: You know, I think for the families that, that we serve, that first day or that day of the dedication, it's 10 minutes of probably every emotion you can you can imagine. Yeah. It's, um, there's, there's tears of, of, of happiness and, and sadness and sorrow and it, all kinds of feelings because they're leaving behind a past um, you know, sometimes they're sad because there's someone not there to celebrate with them, uh, but then at the same time, they know that they're establishing a brand new future for them and their family, um, and it's the start of a new chapter for them, and uh, for a lot of them, it's a, it, they're slamming that door on the, 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 the last chapter, right, and, and yeah. welcoming it with open arms. Um, but there, there's a, Morgan has the opportunity, um, every time we do a home dedication, she's the one that's typically taking the photo of them walking through the door for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that face that they make, it's, um, so they're familiar with the house cause they've helped build it. Yep. Um, they've never stepped foot in the finished home. So they, that's typically a little bit of an aha. And like I said, they see the pantry fully stocked and some gifts inside and that kind of thing. But there's something about like literally crossing that threshold into the home that is just such a, a powerful moment. Um, and so, you know, people can experience this firsthand. They can also experience it, we, we do every dedication live on our, on our Facebook page and on YouTube. Um, so they can always tune in and see that. But um, it, it's, it's hard, Shannon, to even put it into words because it's just, it's just a range of emotions. Um, uh, we, we always like to joke that there's never a dry eye at a dedication. Um, that's why we typically do them um, during the day when everybody can wear sunglasses because then you know you can kind of hide that a little bit yeah (laughs) Um, but it's 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 a mix of emotions for the family for the sponsors that are there for the staff Mm -hmm. Um, and and you know I always love after the fact reading some of the comments on Facebook because you know you can always bet on people saying oh my gosh that was so amazing you know and and you know, brought tears to my eyes. I mean, it, it really is. It's, you're watching families break a cycle that has impacted them for generations. And there's, you know, again, nothing better than to see a family, you know, better their lives in a time that we're, you know, like today that we're dealing with so much negative stuff.
0: So how would our listeners experience that? Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, um, our, our, all of our tags on social media are Habitat Pinellas West or P-W-P. Habitat Come on, come on, Morgan. <laughs> Habitat PWP, right? Or Habitat Pinellas-Pasco. Um, so uh, you, on our Facebook page, um, we're on YouTube, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn. Um, on, our, on our website, we also have links to all the, the uh, home dedications. Um, so people can go on there and they can check out everything from donating to volunteering, to shopping our restore locations, uh, to uh, referring a family that may qualify for the program.
0: You know, we, we skipped over the ReStore piece, but I think that's yeah. a really important part of your organization, your mission, yeah. uh, the community's
1: ability to participate in your mission. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the ReStore, so we have two locations about to open the third in a few weeks. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a location in Clearwater, we have one in Newport Ritchie, and we're about to open one in Palm Harbor. Um, the idea behind the ReStore is it's, it's gently used and, and brand new building supplies and, and home goods, um, building materials. Um, so pretty much anything you're doing around the home, if you're putting in a new toilet, you can probably find a brand new toilet at Habitat. Uh, Sink, showers, uh, um, you know, carpet, tile, uh, the mirrors that don't fall. Yeah, the matri- or Yeah, the 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 mirrors that don't fall. Um, uh, yeah, I mean you. There are all kinds of crazy uh, at Christmas time. You can find all kinds of Christmas items there. Um, and so hundred uh, percent of the proceeds from the restore go back into building more habitat homes um, and so the restore for us is a big revenue generator and uh, but you never know what you're gonna find there you right. know? So you can also
2: donate I've donated. you can to also that donate well. so if
1: you're getting rid of furniture or yes. you're renovating one of our big things is we go into homes and, and remove cabinet top, or ca- uh, cabinets and counter uh, countertops so um, uh, you know, a lot of folks um, don't have, have you ever tried to buy brand new cabinets? They're expensive. Yes. And so a lot of people that are maybe fixing up a home or maybe they have a rental property, you know, they can come to the Habitat Restore and shop for those items. Yeah. So um, yeah, you never, you never really Or, what or
2: donate. Buy. So if you're going to donate. donate and you're going to redecorate and they're fine, yeah. give Habitat yeah. a call. Yeah. Everybody's into thrifting right now and doing things. So Restore is the perfect place to go look if you're going to Shopped for a new chair to lighten that room. Yep. Think of them first.
1: Yeah, and diverting things from the landfill is a big, big yes. part of our mission with the restore. So we're keeping you know thousands of tons outside of the, the landfill by people being able to repurpose things. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Mike, we appreciate you joining yep. us. You we know? do was, appreciate
3: it. This was great. This was fun. Let's Thank do it again. Thank
1: you so much. <laughs> we'll have you back sometime bet. soon.
3: All right, everybody. Welcome back to What the Food Bank. Our uh, conversation just among the crew. Um, great time talking to Mike Sutton on yeah. this episode. Um, really awesome partnership that we've that we've formed there. Um, uh, I actually got to go out to a few of the dedications and uh, and do some some photos and videos and to see the families um, with the things that they received. I mean, it wasn't even just like the homes, like donors came with like new bikes for the kids and stuff. And, um, you know, the level of excitement was, it was just so beautiful when, you know, they'd walk in and some of the kids, the first thing they did was run to the pantry or run to the fridge and open it. Um, And, uh, you know, and there were Trinity meals in the freezer, like, like, you know, our gourmet, uh, chef prepared meals for like at least a week for the whole family. Nice. And, um, you know, seeing that in person was really cool. And I got to talk to a couple of the families too. And, um, you know, I think it was just a, a surreal experience for them, you know, <laughs> of course,
2: it, like the whole yeah. thing. And I think, um, you know, having people understand how hard, um, folks were to have a habitat home. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a misconception that people are given their homes and I think we need to keep getting the world out there Um, the application process, how hard they work, and what the impact is to the community all around, not just for that family. And if you've ever been to, I'm getting chills talking about it a little (laughs) bit, Um, being to a dedication, um, everyone involved, it's just a moving experience. And Mike mentions people wearing sunglasses because Mm. you literally, um, men, women, children, you have public officials there. um, Just tears. It's tears because it's a, it's a, effort by all involved, and it's really magical and very excited with Feeding Tampa Bay. Um, we They did discuss uh, Thomas's from the hip uh, decision to create a partnership, but it really is to um, uh, Tampa Bay behemoths joining together, if not, yeah. you know, for the better of our community, which we are always there for. So yeah. I'm so excited.
0: Well, it's great to be part of such a special moment, right? That's, yeah. that's a moment that family will never forget. And, and our team, started talking about how we'd implement the program, that was the first thing that we talked yeah. about. It was like, this is a big deal to that family.
2: Yeah.
0: How do we, one, make it easier, right? Because moving is overwhelming, Yeah. Always. right? And so that first night in their new home, yeah. they are going to just be emotionally mentally yeah. physically exhausted and Absolutely. i know you have some great trinity meals in the freezer you yeah. just pop in the oven yeah. <laughs> and a full fridge right and awesome foods our team takes special care we go that morning and or the day before and get fresh produce straight from the buyer we don't even go to like uh, a retail store where it's been on the shelf right. this is
2: yeah. right out freshest. of the <laughs>
0: fresh produce right. You know, and and we did that intentionally, kind of going above and beyond to make sure that that day we add to it and don't right. in any way take away. Like it's pride, a gift, right? It's a gift right? to the family. It is. Yeah, they worked that so hard. Cherry on top. Yeah, yeah. right. That's yeah. fun.
2: And you know what I loved is um, Kelly Brickfield, who's been on the show a few times. Is she was recapping with me the emotion and the excitement, um, the first home that she actually went and and prepared the kitchen for in the pantry. And uh, she put little gifts on the counter for the family. And, you know, she does. And, and I'd love for you, Matt, to go into. This isn't the only um, partnership that we have that we do this. Yeah. But it's like everyone is so important down to the little details like Mike talks about at the holiday time, the gingerbread house. You know, our programs team does this in everything that they, we do. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, it's you know, there's two things to hit on there. You know, the first is that we're excited because it isn't the only partnership like this. We'll be working yeah. with Tampa Hillsboro Homeless Initiative yeah. as people are getting a house after having been on the street, mm-hmm. you know, we'll make sure they have food there when they move in. Um, we've talked with some other organizations about doing this. And then we also have a veterans program, veterans rehousing program that will start in the next month or so doing the same thing. And so um, we took one off the cuff comment and turned it <laughs> right. into a big old right. project like right. we like to do. <laughs> right. um, and the, the care and the kind of, the special touch that we put on it, I think speaks to our team, mm. Mm. right? I definitely got some side eye when I'm walking through uh, Target with six gingerbread houses in my little buggy <laughs> yeah. as I went up there, like, what do I you bet. need six? That's Just weird. love Christmas.
3: Right. Yeah, that's right. I Just love like, it.
0: Gonna surround myself with Christmas. Um, but, you know, to be able to have that little special touch and Kelly had it all arranged mm-hmm. and it's, you know, set out all neat on the on the counter like a gift. Yeah. Because that's that's how we view it. It's an opportunity to give a gift to a family who has worked really hard to earn that house. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You know? yeah. And, and it, it is
0: a life-changing moment. And we're just happy to be a little part of it. Yeah.
3: Right. It's almost, it kind of makes you think a little bit of like if you ever go out of town somewhere, you get like an Airbnb and you get there and you just want to relax. But you're like, well, uh, we should probably go get something to eat because there's nothing in the house. But with this, like, yeah. you know, it just it's and, you know, we talked about it before, too. But like getting set up is so much more expensive than yeah. replenishing groceries. You know, like you have to buy everything, the salt, the, the ketchup, the, you know, the, the rice, the pasta. So um, it's I think it, it can be taken for granted how much of a leg up that is to like just not have to worry about that out of the gate. Yeah.
0: And yeah. these are, you know, these are usually families, sometimes they're large families, sometimes they're multi-generational, three generations or more of mm-hmm. families. And so mm-hmm. I know what my grocery bill looks like, and yeah. I'm sure theirs is no different. Yeah. And so one extra little burden, yeah. you know, taken away. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, it's a really great thing for us to be able to do. And, and I couldn't imagine a better partner to do it with than Habitat. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. And you can even see some of the uh, the dedication in our, our recap video that we yes. did recently. Um, it's on all of our social channels on Facebook, Instagram, at Feeding Tampa Bay. But, uh, you know, we got some video of, of the uh, the new homeowners moving in, um, you know, their kids picking up the produce and being thrilled about, you know, having fresh bananas to snack on. And, um, you know, and even a little bit of the, the setup that Kelly sets up for the family and stuff. So. Um, you know, you can you can almost experience it vicariously. <laughs> exactly.
2: So go to our social channels and check that out. And we've mm. got to give uh, Ev a little props for that because oh, he did uh,
3: absolutely. <laughs> create that video that I
2: think Feeding Tampa Bay, all of his uh, teammates didn't have a dry eye when we, uh, <laughs> that was an emotional uh, revisit to our world in 2020. Um, but thank you guys for listening always. And we're really excited about our next show uh, that will be on february the 14th it's going to be thaddeus bullard aka titus o'neill announcing some amazing work that we are going to be doing together um
0: it's really and it's exciting
2: something that he does right here in tampa bay but also something he does worldwide (laughs) so get ready because titus is a handful so we will see you on the 14th but in the meantime i really hope you enjoyed mike because you know he was great thanks guys
3: You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Feeding Tampa Bay.